You're watching the Tesla Life live with your host, Mark Cutler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 306. Here we are, the 10th of May, 2023, and we've got all the regulars here. Quick shout out to uh, Derek, who was first in the chat room and Hockey Day quickly followed. So yeah. uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, looking forward to uh, lots of info that we've got to share this week. That's not a surprise. That happens every week. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's get with the introductions. We have Mr. Casey Green joining us from South Carolina. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty well. It was a warm day, but uh, got a little bit accomplished. And uh, okay, we're, we're, we're over, we're over a vast geography area here, Casey. So define what a warm day is in South Carolina. <laughs> Well, it's not a warm day for South Carolina. It's just a warm period. It's South Carolina, just warm, warm day is, okay. No, no, it's just a warm day in South Carolina is a lot hotter than it was today. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's it's going to get warmer. That's that's the that's the problem now. We're heading into the summer, so uh, she's going to get hot in South Carolina. Yeah, Actually, we're looking, up, at, up. we're looking at seventy nine in Freedom units right now. 79 okay or fred as i like to call it but okay fred. <laughs> uh we've got uh, up here in southern ontario high of 21 degrees celsius which uh, equates to double it and add 32 approximately for the conversion so that'd be 42 it'd be 73 approximately you know what a good that conversion is times 10 times 100 times a thousand <laughs> if only freedom units were <laughs> Freedom units aren't free. Let me tell you that. <laughs> they, cost they require math and lots of it. So there you go. They even killed spacecraft. <laughs> also with us as normal, we have Mr. Patrick Connor joining us from the left coast. How are you today, sir? Hello, I am good. It is a nice sunny day. The uh Kilowatts are pumping out of the solar panels, and that is, uh, I've got a little bit of air conditioning running, and it's its covering that and then some, which is nice. Excellent. Excellent. You know, Patrick, I saw a, a, a interesting uh, YouTube about a person that was air conditioning their house on the cheap, and they used a, a low-level geothermal uh, option where they basically oh. ran, ran, uh, Cape, uh, not cable, but um, uh, liquid, you know, like um, I guess it would have been uh, like garden hose, but it underground. <laughs> it's not, it's not garden right. hose. It's, it's, it's stuff that's used for irrigation for houses. Okay. You know, they okay. set up those irrigation. So they, they rolled out all these different uh, lines of it about uh, four or five feet down under the ground. And then buried it again, and then they they put uh, windshield washer fluid in it uh, for the um, the liquid that would move around, so it would never freeze. And right. uh, it's on a closed circuit. And then they used uh, you know just a, a cheap uh, a cheap uh, fan uh, to pump the air into the existing house's HVAC system. Uh, and and they're running it, of course, just off a couple solar panels. That was the whole purpose behind it, was to see if they could make it cheap enough and efficient enough 
uh, to cool the house effectively with just a couple solar panels. And uh, it seems they were successful, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool. That That is go. kind of cool, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and the nice thing about it with being solar powered is that that tends to be when you need the cooling. And so when the sun's out, you're going to get that power and it'll take care of it for you. And if, if you dig down uh, deep enough, the earth's at a constant, whatever it is, 54 degrees. I can't do that math in my head to, to, to Celsius. But uh, yeah, that seems like a, a nice and easy. It's a it's a lot of work to dig. Yeah. Uh, but once you get it in place, uh, it pays its it pays itself off. That's pretty exactly nice. exactly. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the stories of the week. Got a bunch of them to talk about, and the first one off the bat uh, is about Tesla creating a new lithium R and D lab uh, in uh, Sparks, Nevada. So. Uh, not, not a real surprise where this is going. Of course, that's uh, real close to uh, Giga Nevada. And uh, this is uh, a new lab uh, that they're going to be refining the process uh, of doing R&D on actually refining lithium. So we've heard this before about uh, how the problem is not sourcing lithium. The problem is refining it to a grade that can be used inside of the battery canisters. So it's uh, this is exactly what this uh, looks like it's going to be aimed at. And of course, we've heard this before from Tesla as well that if if the if the suppliers aren't doing it to the speed or the agility that Tesla wants it to happen, they're going to try to get involved with it to push the process forward. Uh, so they can uh, get more refined lithium uh, into their batteries and uh, being able to pump out more batteries requires more lithium. So this is uh, this is not a surprise that Tesla has taken the bull by the horns in several industries and they've worked with it uh, to try to push the problem forward and solve it quicker uh, than what other companies are currently doing. Do you, do you want me to go, Casey? Uh, that one, this one was kind of a. Uh, I, I, I saw the live stream come up, and, and like at the time of day and the title, it seemed like it was one of them crypto scams. I'm like, who who got their name changed to Tesla on YouTube again? And then I clicked <laughs> in, and it was it was actually real. I was like, okay, uh, but it was, it was it wasn't. A, I mean, it, it didn't feel like a Tesla event. It felt more like uh, the politicians wanted to show their faces, and so well, know, well, that one. that's it's the one that's weird. in Texas, oh. right? I'm yeah. sorry. That's that's should, a different one. <laughs> we should put the, we should put these two together though, because that's the part that that um, so so Casey just alluded to it. I did. Tesla just had <laughs> a, an event in in Texas where they're opening a, a lithium refinery. They had tractors in the background, so they this was their groundbreaking. They had politicians, including the governor there, and um, someone from their Department of Energy, and and um, someone even from their school system. Uh, yeah. Just talking about how this was going to you know, create jobs and uh, give uh, uh, advanced people that get advanced degrees can go into this. And in, but so it was it was a cool event. But w when I saw this story from Mark, I was like, oh, they they whoever wrote this must have misunderstood and thought that was in Sparks. Yeah, because they assume that's where <laughs> Nevada was. Uh, uh, but no, it's not this this thing that was just announced in Sparks. It's not actually at the Gigafactory. It's in downtown Sparks, which isn't that big, but it's 30-some miles away from the factory. And uh, it's it's another research lab. So I don't know why they're doing that and the stuff in Austin, um, but maybe there's 
people that are already there in Sparks that didn't want to move and they're talented enough that Tesla wants to keep them, or maybe it's because they're doing something in partnership with the Panasonic folks that are working in, in um, Sparks already. I, I'm not sure what their reason for having both is, but Casey has an idea. They learned from SpaceX, learned from their competitors, spread your stuff around and the government can't mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> So if one state uh, puts a kibosh on it, you can keep going in the other one or something. <laughs> but also if there's any like funding or consideration or taxes, it'd be a shame oh, yeah. we have to move those three facilities. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could be part of it. Yeah. yeah so, and, and, and so this, both of these together show you that they're serious about it. They're putting people to work. They're putting dollars behind it. And uh, like, like Mark said, this is what it's going to take to solve the next step. And, and we saw from Master Plan 3.0, Tesla does not think small. They're thinking on a global scale. How do we transition to what? A future free from fossil fuels. Exactly. <laughs> Snuck it in already. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, the, the other, the place that the event came from, that was Corpus Christi area, I believe, uh, where where that, uh, that refining uh, element is being built or is about to be built. Uh, because they were on site as a, a groundbreaking ceremony, as as uh, Patrick has mentioned. Yeah, I think Derek in the chat has nailed it. That Sparks is a research facility, while Texas is a, a production facility. Although at every production facility, Tesla also does improvements, and uh, the, they don't just say, "Oh, that's just fab," and we don't. Uh, everybody's expected to make improvements along the way, and they, and and try things, do experiments. It's that's the Tesla way. Yeah, but the kind of stuff you expect to come out of each place should be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. When you hire PhDs and when you say, keep this machine working and try to make it better. <laughs> you can go faster and cheaper, please. Yeah. <laughs> also, what happened uh, this week on to our next story is um, something that uh, uh, kind of expanded what's going on in the Vegas Loop. So uh, the Boring Company uh, got approval uh, from Las Vegas as a whole uh, to expand the number of stations and lines uh, that are going to be going in uh, for their tunneling operations to, uh, to uh, uh, make the loop a much larger loop. Uh, in fact, it's, it's so much larger that I don't even think it can be considered a loop anymore. There's that much going on. We've got a, a photo here that we will share, or I this will is share. This after the, uh, the college, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, so I'm going to share this. Here we go. They, they, need to, they need to hustle with it in the other areas, or, or making this public, so that way uh, all the train and bus aficionados can, can, can see that there's other options. So you'll notice uh, that there is uh, three colors, basically. There is a, uh, a yellow uh, red and a green, okay? The mm -hmm. yellow is the existing uh, loop, uh, which is at the convention center and those couple of hotels that are close to it. The green is what was approved previously, uh, which shows uh, a number of lines, but basically sticking to Las Vegas Boulevard and branching off in some other directions. And the red uh, is the new addition of about uh, 25 additional miles and 18 new stops. Wow. Uh, that are being added uh, to the map. And I want to draw your attention to this red and green end here, which is right up against the airport. Mm -hmm. uh, so it looks like there could be up to two now tunnels 
leaving and going to the airport for both a red and green line. And of course, the red and green line just mean what's new and what's already been proposed. Uh, it's not right. necessarily that those are specifically what they'll be called or, or be uh, uh, mentioned as going forward. But uh, well, especially, especially with the main point to point, it'd be a little hard to explain to people, hey, uh, this, yeah, this is the second phase tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just mm -hmm. going to the hotel. From the airport <laughs> but for for uh information purposes i did have a couple people comment on our twitter feed which is uh, at the tesla life if you'd like to join the twitter feed a couple people were debating about whether those lines were close enough to the actual terminal which is right where my mouse is now mm. or if there's going to be just a, a stop outside or if there's going to be some sort of transportation from the terminal to get to these two stations so they How drop you off the taxi be... hub. You get on the taxi. Yeah, exactly. You, you get back is, off. <laughs> is that why the taxi? And of course, the thirty-second drive in a taxi, for whatever reason, now costs twenty-five dollars. <laughs> that was the. Uh, that's why the taxi. Uh, that's the compromise. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the taxi drivers love it because they can uh, then just turn right around and go get another fare. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So maybe maybe that is the compromise that has been reached. But uh, we will see as time goes along. But uh, I believe that if, if they're this close to the actual terminal, there's got to be some sort of a physical link to these. Um, can't see it any other way. But uh, I know Las Vegas. The, the I know walkway. Las Vegas does not have any type of um, monorail. Uh, I know that uh, they did have one. <laughs> they had right. one when I was there three years ago, but, but no it, it never went to the airport. Oh right, right, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens here. But again, it's got to have that physical connection to the airport. I would say uh, in order for this to be successful. But um, it, it certainly looks like with the approval of the red uh, that they're expanding the map dramatically uh, as to places that you're going to be able to reach. Haven't heard a lot uh, from the boring company as it relates to the actual uh, drilling of the tunnels. We saw recently that, you know, they've made it to the uh, resorts world that happened some time ago and that uh, it was continuing its uh, dig onto another loop that's going to another hotel and then back to the convention center. But uh, beyond that, haven't heard a lot of information. This has been the first bit of information from the boring company in quite some time. Yeah, uh, the most we've heard really is, is like other cities like being ghosted or canceling or quietly signing up for, but no actual like, hey, more people can try this thing out now. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll uh, see. Yeah, one of the um, stories I wrote was about how the boring company is using a completely different model and how the people who say, why aren't they just putting subways or trains in there? Like they don't understand the technological leap right. that has happened here. Just like all the naysayers for EVs have said the same, same crap. And I just, the, the reason I'm mentioning it is uh, earlier this week, I saw this article that it said some, some clickbait title, uh, five reasons why the boring company will succeed that, that, um, other tunneling companies don't want you to know or some crap like that. And, and, uh, and, and uh, I was just curious what they wrote. They stole my article and just like rearranged the parts. And yeah, and uh, it took out a lot of the justification stuff I had and just had like the, you know, uh, I was like, oh, that's word for word, this same paragraph. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, no, okay. um, it's, it's been a minute since I read your article. <laughs> Were you the one who suggested uh, a good analogy was packet switching versus broadcast? Yes, 
Exactly. Okay. Yes, yeah. that was the yeah, analogy. Yeah, all that stuff they took out and they just had, you know, anyway, yeah. Packet switching is, is uh, um, it's the analogy that fits in my head because I worked in that industry for a long time, so. Yeah. It's, it's pretty darn close to what's actually happening versus a bus or yeah. a train is, is, is kind of kind of like like train cars. Like you got to wait for the track right. to turn. You got to go through it. You got to deal with exactly. everybody else first. Yep. Right. The ability to go point to point is, is, is why the internet hasn't crashed because networks of, of old time, you were, you know, everything's broadcast and everything's the whole network seeing everything. You can't scale that way. And that's effectively what trains and, and even buses do to some extent, unless it's, I guess, a, a private bus where you're going in point to point. Uh, even so, the, yeah. even the, like company shuttles, they might have one or, one or three stops, uh, yes. depending on how big they are, and right. they run the loop. Right. Yep, and, 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 and the of the loop to the end of the loop. And of course, yeah. with the uh, the next the next uh, architecture, Tesla's building uh, the third uh, the third layout that they don't have any cars on that platform yet. There is talk about a mini type bus, um, so mm -hmm. uh, that may be part of it as well. And of course, the natural fit uh, for that would be the tunnels uh, to uh, a place like Las Vegas. So we will have to see. Right, and then you get a bar in there, bartender. <laughs> You're in a Johnny Cab. <laughs> yeah, they have the big Ferris wheel, the link, and, and there's certain cars you, that they have drinks. That's right. There. So yeah, that's right. So get the drink car. The that's new right. Business opportunity for Tesla. I mean, Absolutely. the boring company. <laughs> Both, really. Yes. Uh, Casey's got our next story, and it's about track mode. Yes. So, uh, over here on the shop.tesla.com page, uh, we've got Model S Plaid Track Package finally available at a price of fifteen thousand nice. to twenty thousand uh, dollars. How do you know how much you'll pay? Open your app and find out. <laughs> because <laughs> what? apparently, there's at least two versions of this thing. <laughs> uh, it'll be available next month. And for the ultimate track experience, the Model S Plaid Track Package delivers high-speed stability, maximum cornering force, and repeatable stopping power during high-performance driving while unlocking a top speed of 200 miles per hour. Which, uh, remember, they promised us 200 miles per hour with a future software update and tires uh, to come. Those definitely look like the tires have finally arrived. And uh, mm -hmm. they had already previously delivered the brakes to a handful of people, including Marquez Brownlee. And, and then, then they kind of abruptly just disappeared. And, uh, and now they're back. It's part of the track package. They come with the tires. You get uh, two 410 by 40 uh, millimeter carbon silicon, silicon carbide front rudders, two uh, 410 by 32 millimeter carbon silicon, carbon silicon carbide <laughs> rear rudders, and uh, two, two, <laughs> two, two by six pistons, uh, one piece forged front calipers with high performance brake pads. Two by four piston, one piece forged rear calipers with high performance brake pads. Uh, two integrated caliper mounted parking brakes. So they're, they're even replacing your parking brakes. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and track ready brake fluid, which is important as we saw from that fool who uh, took his uh, Model S plaid submarining and then put it on a track and almost killed himself because he had a, a mix of water and regular stock brake fluid and high performance brake fluid, but not. Oh, probably yeah. air too, uh, but you know, not not proper brake fluid. <laughs> and uh, they've also updated the firmware um, and tuned it for peak performance. And then you get the zero G wheels, 
And, and of course, and of course, it. that actual track package and the 200 miles per hour top speed does not get unlocked until you actually buy this package of right. uh, parts. And they're put on the car by Tesla. Then it's unlocked and you have track mode available to you. Mm -hmm. Carbon ceramic brick kits are not compatible with 19-inch Tempest wheels, but are compatible with the 20-inch 0G and 21-inch arachnoid wheels. Sold out. Oh, sold separately. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and and just flash back to those tires, Casey. The actual tread pattern on them. Yeah, that is uh, oh. that is not a normal tire. No, super grippy. Uh, don't take those in the rain. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, doesn't look like it gets rid of very much water. No, don't even think about don't even think about a southern Ontario winter. Not going to do. No. It. <laughs> well, definitely not the winter time. That <laughs> is not. That is the opposite of a winter time. So I guess that's the yeah. variability right there. Is if if you've got wheels that this thing fits on already, you can save five thousand dollars. And if you mm -hmm. don't, you got to buy it all. <laughs> yeah, and and using a, a car that goes two hundred miles an hour with that, uh, you're going to go through tires too. Like this is not a mm -hmm. this is not a cheap person's sport. Uh, if you no. want to do this. Man, you're you're gonna pay uh, pay some serious money uh, for replacement tires uh, for for using it on a track for sure. Yeah, and as we talked about when when the brake package came out at twenty thousand uh, dollars, we we determined that wow, that feels like a lot of money. It sounds like a lot of money. That we did the research and it was actually a fair price, if if not better than fair. This is better than that because now you get wheels and tires. Yeah. For the for the whole shebang for twenty grand. And, and uh, that, that's an even better deal because wheels and tires aren't free, <laughs> mm -hmm. as we talked about. But uh, we, we looked at, we cross-compared it with uh, aftermarket uh, ceramic brakes. We cross-compared it with uh, with Porsche. And uh, who else did we look at? We looked at one other just to make sure that Porsche wasn't just doing what they do to their customers and telling them to give them the money and, and uh, friendly uh, picture we could paint there, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> The, the question I have is for those folks who went ahead and, and did the um, aftermarket ceramic brakes, uh, do you have to buy the Tesla kit, whether you install it or not, and, and to get the software like like you used to have to do with the tote yeah, package? Yeah, interesting. I bet you too, because uh, if it's some third party stuff, Tesla doesn't. Yeah, how, really how would they know? There. How would they know if it's capable if you bought right. it third party and had somebody else install it? Like, yeah, and they would install know, it because they only install yeah. stuff with, the, with their logo on it. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I bet the, I bet you there may be a program where you spend you know a thousand bucks and they'll rate what you have on it possibly. But uh, if you've put it you on, put yourself, it on, you got to take it back off and put yeah, put you, you may back be on again. Mm -hmm. you may be required just to buy the the real stuff from Tesla too. So it would be uh, that would be interesting to hear uh, if someone goes through that. I still th I still think that might be an interesting way to handle it though because if you keep the pads from the other kit. I don't know because these brakes are bigger than, than than most of the aftermarket kits offered. So you're actually assuming that they're engineered the same. Then having more 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 material to have friction with would actually be a better deal. Man, so I, I would I would think. I would love to take that on some sort of track, a safe place where you could use it. I, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I would press it to 200 miles an hour, but. Uh, Man, that would be a fun day uh, just to have that uh, type of power uh, at your beck and call. That would be fun. So we saw a couple of uh, screen grabs there where it's over 300 kilometers. <laughs> Still turns red and it goes black. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah. That's always fun. Not not that a lot of us are going to be getting that, but no, it's up there. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly like JT said. I wish I had the money to burn on one of these. <laughs> yeah, we uh, were talking Patrick and I about how Tesla was trying to get us to get out of our lifetime supercharging for six years of supercharging on, on a new car. That's or right. Hey, hey, don't even trade in your old car. We'll, we'll give up your supercharging. We'll give you six years on the new one still. Yeah, just give it up. Just give it up. Yeah. Gonna have a hard sell on that for with you two for sure, uh, and yeah. anybody else that's that's weighing the option for for sure. Like if you burn uh, some money, you can burn some rubber. Yeah, <laughs> Kim Java's mom might go for that because you know she's like never supercharged one of her cars. Yeah, but like, we should who else? we should save this for one of the other stories. Yeah, ah. yeah, another story is going to cover this. Next, oh, sorry. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on, uh, Casey. You're going to talk a little bit about Cybertruck parts. Yeah, sure. So uh, Tesla's placed a $227 million order for Cybertruck parts from South Korea. And uh, I'm thinking... Well, that's uh, that's that's good news because that's, that's just showing news. us that the Cybertruck uh, production is uh, now ordering parts for the line. So uh, yeah, more evidence that uh, they're getting their ducks in a row for uh, production of the, the Cybertruck. Who's making yes. this claim? I want to know. Ah, it's not Tesla. It's, it's not Tesla. Right. It's the South Korean parts supplier who's trying to show their their investors that hey, we've got a great you know we've got this great order from Tesla in the United States, and we're going to be shipping you know two hundred twenty seven million dollars worth of parts. Yep, and these so are could be allegedly true. for the A, B, and C pillars, and mm -hmm. uh, they signed a three year supply contract until twenty twenty eight. Now, uh, why why does it matter that this is happening now? One, you got to get everything shipped and validated and built and tested. Mm -hmm. And two, um, uh, remember this is the same company that ripped out the phones from the service advisors to save money. So, are are you going to buy two hundred twenty seven million dollars of parts to let them just sit around? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know the supplier has to have time to actually manufacture them too, right? So manufacturers, oh, yeah. The spec comes to them. They've got to they got to push out a bunch of uh, parts, and I imagine that uh, Tesla has to okay uh, what comes out of the dies and such, and yep. uh, and ultimately approve production. Uh, and then, as Casey mentioned, they have to be shipped from South Korea, uh, and uh, you know they've got to line up their suppliers. Uh, that's they're going to help supply them to make the parts. And then uh, ship them to the U.S. and get them ready for installation in Texas, uh, which is on a brand new line, uh, is going to take some time too. So uh, I'm sure yeah. Tesla has the timing in place that they're going to receive a bunch of these parts way early, so they can actually incorporate them into their line production and make sure that everything is working properly. Or if they have to make adjustments, they can do so before. Uh, what we're thinking, uh, uh, delivery date at the end of September-ish. Uh, so, yep. you know, we've got, uh, you know, we got less than six months uh, before that time frame. Yeah. And Derek brings up a good point. He says that uh, Tesla asked suppliers not to use their name in public uh, from a, from an anonymous source. Um, we've seen this from several companies, but particularly Apple is famous for this. Remember, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Hyundai lost out on the Apple car con contract because... Uh, was it Hyundai? It might have been Hyundai. Either way, it was a it was a Korean automaker uh, yeah. that lost out on on the Apple Car project because Apple wants to be the one to announce. And when they announced, Apple said, "Fine, we're not even going to 
to do this thing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't um, know if the Hyundai announcement had anything to do with the Apple Car being canceled. I think it had. That's, that's not it canceled, problem. but it's, it's definitely why they are not going to be the ones to do it whenever it is coming to market. Right. Uh, they're very spiteful, yeah. very very uh, meticulous company. So uh, there was one. But other... as we uh, as we saw with Tesla in the uh, country of Mexico. Mexico seemed to think that they could make the announcement first. <laughs> I think I think these guys are thinking like you know where else are you gonna go? We're the only ones with the spec. Blah blah blah. Um, it's a very dangerous place to be because because yeah. you've got you've got a company that's just as spiteful as Apple with with the legal maneuverings and, and lawyer team of, of Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> you do not want to piss them off. Yeah. Very so uh, that that's going to be interesting to see again. Wait, more information. No one wants an apple car because they're running apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apple juice. Oh, that is a good name for a wall charger. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I'm getting apple juice. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of uh, Asia and uh, shipping things, um, there was a story that just came out this week about uh, three. Original Roadster, zero mile Roadsters were found in a shipping container in China. And, uh, unless, unless they remove the, uh, the the battery power. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and these cars, these cars apparently uh, are zero miles, and uh, they are the original Roadsters. And uh, we this this came to light through a couple of stories that were released on the internet, but also through the company uh, Gerber. Uh, Gruber. Gruber out of um, out of Seattle, Washington, I believe, is where they're headquartered. Uh, but they have offices in LA and San Francisco, and their job, of course, has been to keep up the maintenance and and the running of original roadsters with their owners. And actually, mm -hmm. they have a deal with Tesla direct uh, for servicing these roadsters. They are they are the premier. Uh, repairer of roadsters and even tesla agrees that this is the case because they send some of their problems to gerber uh directly from them so uh this is uh this is uh and and on the gerber website they have the ability that people can swap parts uh they can advertise about cars that are for sale uh parts are for sale and uh this group in china who uh had this container um apparently there was a lot of late fees owed on the container it's being stored somewhere and mm -hmm. of course it was running up uh i think it was like 100 bucks every couple days uh yeah i this, heard it was a hundred thousand dollars in total uh in, in back fees that, that that it had right so this you know this is right back from you know 20 2009 2008 that this this container was sitting there not being utilized and running up uh these uh, delinquent fees almost like an overdue library book <laughs> and uh, what what's happened is is uh, someone has bought it, paid the fees, and now they're going to auction off these cars uh, to somebody that wants them. Uh, and you know this 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 could fetch quite a bit of money, uh, especially since these roadsters are are zero miles. And uh, uh, actually, uh, the head of uh, Gerber was on uh, the uh, Ryan McCaffrey's podcast uh, this past week. And talked about how sometimes if Tesla had shipped the cars with the battery disconnect in place, well, that's cool. That that uh, they've had cases where where the uh, the cars after six years still have a charge. Nice. So 
So because there's no vampire drain on them, they're actually physically disconnected from anything that the car would be using as an electricity source, and they do not drain the batteries at all. So this, of course, is going to be a longer period than that, but uh, yeah, and it hasn't been years. it hasn't been determined yet. But it could be uh, that they still have a bit of a charge in them. If not, they could be bricked too. Right. Yeah, they could they, be bricked. They, we they, don't know. If they were shipped in complete shutdown mode then you change the 12 volt battery and then gently nurse it back to uh, a good charge and these would be cool other than you know change the tires and brake fluid and stuff but yeah uh, if they were shipped in, in in customer ready mode then these things are going to be trashed for the batteries well the battery <laughs> the, will be. if you but think still... if you think that the, the vampire drain is bad on our legacy cars try a real piece of legacy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there's the old tesla shield logo you don't see that one anymore that's right. Exactly. They, they dropped the shield part of it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I remember um, uh, after Martin Eberhardt left Tesla, he got one, uh, a Roadster, and he was saying how it, in just sitting there, not charging, was using as much electricity as his refrigerator. Now, obviously, they've made a lot of improvements since then. Um, but uh, yeah, they definitely have some vampire drain. Yeah. So even off, if these... Uh, if, century mode, and I still recharge at three kilowatt hours every day. <laughs> Right. So even if these are, if the battery packs are bricked, that doesn't mean they're worthless. They, they no. can get new battery packs. And uh, um, they're uh, 18650 cells, so those are readily available. They can definitely, uh, uh, it might even end up having more range than when it was new. <laughs> oh, yeah, they can upgrade them to the R80 pack. But um, if they don't upgrade R80s, it's going to be a little bit of manual labor involved beyond just the pack swap. So it, You'll have to add that to the price of, of whatever the bid is up to. At the time they wrote the article, it was up to uh, two new roadsters, <laughs> five hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, half a million dollars. That that was, they were auctioning all three together. Yeah, they, 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 they want to do them all thing. together, but for the right buyer, they will split them. Mm -hmm. And the, by the right buyer, that means somebody with a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't think it means they're going to buy. Yeah. Do you have a nice warm garage to keep it in? No, it's, it's money. It's all about the dollars. Yeah, it's all. It's, it doesn't care where it's going. Oh, I'm putting it back in a shipping container and sending it to South America. Okay, as long as you got the coin, we're fine with that. Uh, fun stuff. You always forget Next. how small these things are, though. Yeah. Next, Patrick's going to give us a little story about. A, Giga Texas getting self-sufficient. That's right. Um, this comes to us from Tasmanian, and it's titled, Tesla Giga Texas installs a battery en energy storage system consisting of 68 megapacks by Eva Ooh. Fox. Yeah, 68 megapacks. Now, the first question, before I even get into the article, is why didn't they do one more megapack? This is an yeah. Elon Musk company. Come on. <laughs> Probably that couple million dollars price tag. Yeah, we'll throw in the extra one for free. Buy 68. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as you all might remember, in February of 2021, winter storms hit Texas and left millions without power, without electricity for several days. And Musk happened to be in Texas at that time. So he and his family were there and they were impacted by this. And that also stopped construction of Giga Texas uh, for several days during that time. So uh, 
uh, Tesla, as they often do during crises. They helped out. They donated and delivered food and essentials. So that was February of 2021. Then in early of March 2021, Tesla announced that they were going to be entering the Texas electric market with, an, at that point, undisclosed construction of a big battery connected to the grid. It's no coincidence that that was just one month later. So now, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. So the article states that these megapacks will store energy from the solar panels on the roof of the Austin factory, but I think there's uh, they're going to do a lot more with it than that. This could be a test platform for them to uh, buy and sell to the grid. They, uh, they could try out new auto bidder features uh, before those roll out to customers. So there's a lot that this, when you have a, a big battery, I just wrote a whole uh, lot about big batteries and all the cool stuff you can do with them and how they can uh, time shift and arbitrage and, and buy, and, uh, buy low, sell high, uh, all these things you can do with it. So the article concludes, Tesla is pushing for changes in the Texas electric power grid at all levels uh, because it has problems. So um, let's see if I can say this name. Arushi Sharma Frank is Tesla's U.S. energy market policy lead, and he's been working with ERCOT, making a lot of changes over the recent years to make the Texas grid more reliable, and having this energy storage helps that even more. There you go. It's also, also that uh, the Tesla is a virtual power company. Maybe this will help them add a little bit more... Um, known unknowns to their uh to their system versus just relying on the, all the all the power walls they can also say yes. by the way we've got 68 megapacks in addition to all the power walls we're good <laughs> right right yeah you know and i'm sure this was always in the works for tesla uh it's you know it's it's part of their core business uh mm -hmm. with having not only homes uh, and private individuals having access to stored energy but companies and grids uh but uh to even underline the point even further, when Gigafactory Texas was being built, they did suffer a few days of not mm -hmm. being able to uh, continue construction because of lack of electricity uh, in the Texas grid. So uh, they, they obviously knew that right from the beginning, uh, before the plant was even done, uh, that there were, there were going to be issues and they're going to have to be prepared for it once that plant is up and running. They wouldn't want, uh, you know, another ice storm or something to roll through and shut them down for a week uh, mm -hmm. when they're pushing out, uh, you know, a top line number of Model Ys or, or other vehicles. So it's uh, it's something they certainly uh, were aware of from the beginning. Yes, I'm sure Tesla sold a lot of uh, power walls right after that event. A lot of people in Texas did, were not happy without power for days. So having oh, that ten thousand dollar electric bill, if your power was on. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Some of the power bills were crazy. And Hockey Day asks about the furnaces being electric or natural gas at uh, Giga Texas. It's it's electric. Uh, they, they're they're pushing everything electric that they can. I don't believe they even have a gas line running uh, to the factory. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's something that they're trying to avoid altogether uh, going forward uh, for any of their plants. So. Uh, there, there may be a backup line or something that they're using here or there, but uh, they're trying to get away with it. And of course, being an electric company, uh, it just makes sure, you know, you're walking the talk. Uh, you're actually doing what you say you want to do. So I would be surprised if they weren't. 
So they just have one wall that's covered with a thousand model Y heat pumps. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they keep it warm and cool. That's right. Yep. <laughs> just the, the heat pump wall. Exactly. Uh, next. Or, or, or oh, they yeah. be doing the, the hydrogen heat thing. What's no. that, Casey? Uh, Elon said for, for Master Plan Part 3, you use the hydrogen to um, make hydrogen. No, and then, there, and then during would, the day you burn it to get your heat. There would there would definitely be a, a some some uh, some comments from Elon if that was actually going on at this point. Yeah, there are places it, where it makes sense. Why he pumped well? Huh? I said there are places where hydrogen makes sense. It's just not where Toyota thinks it is. <laughs> well, right, and that's what Elon was saying at Master Plan Part Three is is you make hydrogen when when you got sufficient excess electricity cheaply, and then during the day you light it on fire and. And you use it for items that you need a higher temperature than that a heat pump is sufficient for. Right, like making steel or whatever. Yeah, yeah melting that's, steel. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good <laughs> use for it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of heat pumps, let's take a look at the car that was reeled in Giga. Oh. Nice. The Midnight Cherry Red. I love and the wow. way the does that Color look good? changes, yeah. And uh, that uh, that is a fabulous color. But of course, we're kind of color starved at Tesla. We don't yeah. uh, we don't get too many new colors. And uh, this red uh, is fantastic. I don't know if it's because we're color starved or because it really is fantastic. But at this point, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So you can only get that in Germany now, right? Yes, correct. So just like my Giga beer, I'm going to have to have my friend in Munich buy one and ship it to me. Yep, ship it over. <laughs> yep. Get him, get, him send you three, get him to send you a three-pack. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. It's uh, It certainly looks fantastic. Um, man, I hope we can get that color in North America at some point. Uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, they, uh, But, of course... It was always advertised that Germany was going to have the most advanced uh, paint plant uh, paint uh, process that Tesla has. So uh, uh, I don't even uh, Shanghai doesn't have it. Uh, uh, Berlin's the only one that has it, and I haven't even heard anything about Texas having an advanced paint plant at all. It was, so it was confirmed that Texas doesn't have it. When folks were asking about uh, uh, different colors, Elon said, uh, "Yeah, we'll take a look at something, but it won't be." Cool won't stuff. be as, as robust as mm. Germany. Okay, so uh, yeah, so uh, you, you, if you want the robust uh, color, you have to go where the beer is available, and that's not Patrick's <laughs> house. That's across the water where the beer is available off the shelf. <laughs> uh, very good. I might have a little available here if you show up. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, next story, I just want to touch upon uh, Lucid, uh, of course, had some very bad news uh, when it came to its stock report recently, its quarter. They, of course, did not sell as many as they had hoped to, uh, but uh, this was kind of interesting. A Lucid car was spotted in West Hollywood, uh, pulling up to the West Hollywood supercharger, putting out a couple of uh, traffic cones and advertising that there was a test drive to be had. So the Lucid employee uh, was there trying to poach uh, Tesla superchargers, uh, people that were there supercharging their car, into uh, taking the Lucid for a spin, 
We've seen this before in a couple of other places, not in West Hollywood. Like in China. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is, uh, this is again, uh, somebody that knows who their market is uh, and trying to entice somebody to come at least test drive and compare it to what they're driving already. So, uh, it, uh, oh, Casey, be careful. Your daughter's going to grab that balloon and float into the room. But, <laughs> but that, yeah, that's that's interesting. That uh, again, uh, they're trying this. Uh, we've seen it before, uh, but this is the first time we've seen it uh, in California, I believe. Uh, From Lucid. Yeah. So it's uh, it's another group that are are know where the well they know where the market is. Like they're Tesla is selling what sixty percent of cars in North America that are EVs. So that is their biggest market, uh, addressable market. Certainly they could go after the ICE cars, which would be something you could do. But in, in Lucid's case, that's a high-end luxury vehicle. It's not, it's not one that uh, people are just going to buy on a whim. Uh, this car is over $100,000 starting base price U.S. And uh, it's, it's something that people have to think about uh, quite some time uh to spend that kind of money on a car it's uh i don't know if you can sell it in a parking lot across from a supercharger i just don't know if the same clientele uh would have interest to say oh i'm here anyways let me just uh, buy this lucid while i'm sitting here waiting for my uh, tesla to charge it does you might get a, you might get a couple but i don't imagine that most people who are already at a supercharger are still in the market for <laughs> another uh executive ev yeah so i uh, just thought we mentioned that uh next moving on um casey were you going to handle this one uh crash testing in austin yes so uh aaron h recruiter at Tex tesla texas um has uh, actually go switch screens here put up a linkedin post and uh tesla's aiming to further improve their safety with a new crash lab opening in Austin. Uh, they need uh, engineering technicians to support the, cra the crash test lab. Uh, if you know vehicle instrumentation, test setup, and test execution, I'd love to connect. Check out the link below to apply. Ah. So, uh, recruitment, hiring. That's, uh, that's not a big surprise, is it? Now that uh, Tesla's headquartered out of Austin, uh, they probably want some of their own testing equipment uh, to uh, know the, uh, what is it, the uh, NTS scores uh, before it actually happens. Yeah. So uh, definitely. Uh, and, of course, new designs require new test crashes, uh, more tests, and having it in-house and having your own uh, private one, uh, of course, would allow the secrecy. Uh, so no one knows what models you're checking out or what changes have been made to said models before they're tested. So uh, yeah, that's as, as the company grows bigger and Tesla's certainly in that category, uh, having all these uh, bells and whistles allows them to be uh, operate a little bit more freely and, and secretively uh, when it comes to new models. The team has this to say for themselves. The, the passive safety crash and sled test team is responsible for executing, analyzing and reporting on crash and sled tests within required program timelines, primarily focusing on vehicle development regulatory certification, and consumer protection crash testing. 
The team consists of test engineers and engineering technicians specializing in vehicle and mechanical instrumentation and ATD, which is anthropomorphic test devices or test dummies and imaging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to say it, and it was like the next words was telling you what ATD was. Crash test dummies. Yeah, so uh, um, I'm glad they're doing this. The crash tests are important. They get valuable data out of it, but Every time I see one get destroyed, I'm just a little sad. <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, though, when you remember, you know, my Model S was rammed four times in a row by a semi truck, and we came out with soreness, basically. Um, That's way better than death. Was, <laughs> right? Like we we thought about taking the Volt that day, and then like, like it's a good thing we didn't because who knows how that would have turned out. And um, it's just stories like that that the. the Everybody who's been in a Tesla crash has that that survived and wasn't doing it on purpose. Uh, these, mm -hmm. these all these stories that come out, it's like they're serious about this. And then when you see that's like what they lead with before they go into how fast it is, how cool it is, how much energy it saves. Right, it just makes you feel uh, that's warm fuzzy about like why should I pick that truck? Yeah, right. Yeah, even when it is done on purpose, the guy who was suicidal and drove off a cliff with his family, had to kids they family. all lived. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's good. You know, Tesla's always led, uh, as Casey has mentioned, with safety. So uh, this mm -hmm. is uh, again more evidence of that, and gives them more flexibility too. So, uh, and of course, as a company gets bigger and bigger, and they're selling millions of cars a year, all these little things that the uh, you know the big three have, uh, of course, Tesla's going to pick up on and and start to uh, do these things as well. So it's uh, it's not a surprise uh, because Tesla's no longer in a niche market. They are uh, basically a, a full-fledged automaker at this point, uh, growing rapidly. So, yeah, they're not uh, trying to make the best things. EV. They're trying to make the best car. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, just a side note to that: uh, Model Model Y was the third best-selling car in 2022. Uh, so, number three uh, overall in the world for any car. So uh, that's, uh, that, again, heading for number one, I'm sure. If not this year, then into next. But uh, could definitely be this year, uh, looking as, as, you know, who knows with what happens, like like Elon said, there, there can be disruptions in what's going on. And certainly anyone that's lived through 2022 knows that disruptions are out there. But uh, it's, uh, it's certainly on the growing scale for sure. Next, I'm going to mix up the stories. Uh, the last two, uh, just wanted to touch upon uh, our feature story this week, and uh, that is that Tesla has now hit 5,000 Model Ys per week produced at Giga Texas. So uh, this was uh, this is a long time in coming. Well, not really. It's not a long time in coming. It was it was scheduled. We could see it. We saw when Berlin reached 5,000. We knew that Giga Texas was a few weeks behind Berlin in completion, and we knew that was coming as well. So now we're at that point where 5,000 has been reached. And, of course, another, another lock has opened that now the Cybertruck can be produced because Elon had joked that they had to get it the 5,000 amount for the Model Y, which would have been full production before the Cybertruck uh, would be uh, produced. But uh, of course, that was that's probably not true. It was going to happen anyways. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's good to see that that milestone has been reached. And Tesla now uh, is not going to rest on its loyals. Uh, this car is going from five to six to seven. It's just going to 
continue to go up as we saw at uh, Shanghai, as we see at at uh, Berlin as well. So uh, congratulations to the Tesla team uh, as they've uh, made this uh, milestone happen in, in short order, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Berlin beat Austin just by a little bit. <laughs> Even though they had a big head start, <laughs> Mark gets another point. <laughs> I was sweating at the end, Patrick. That but, uh, still, still came out a, a couple hairs ahead. So, <laughs> nice. What can you do? What can you do? Next, uh, this story from uh, Auto Evolution. Uh, Patrick's going to start us off with. Uh, go ahead. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't even really want to say this but it uh so this article the, the headline is tesla facing demand problem because people don't want to upgrade their cars first of all uh the, the idea that they have a demand problem is ridiculous we've talked about all the demand levers that they have and yes they've pulled some recently but that doesn't mean that they're having this demand problem and they even say although tesla and elon musk would deny it they have a demand problem so so let's get that bs out of the way first uh, On top the of that, part, the, 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 some of the price drops were reversed because they, they brought in too much business. So they they oh, hold on. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So yeah, yeah. That's exactly the the, the real point there. Um, so 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 that part I, I I take issue with them even having it. I think they're just trying to get clicks and. Um, but the second part of this article is that something that we've all talked about. Uh, Casey hinted at it earlier. There are vehicle owners who have uh, an older Tesla and it's working great for them. And um, there are certain things that the older vehicles have like supercharging for life, that uh, free supercharging for life you can't get nowadays. So right. they're doing enticements to try to bring people in that have those things, um, either six years free or a $5,000 trade-in bonus if you have these features. And Connectivity, um, I don't know if you can get free uh, premium connectivity for life anymore. Nope. Uh, nope, so you can't get that anymore. But they're, that's all. My Model X has free lifetime supercharging. Our Model 3 has free premium connectivity for life. And uh, the fact that I can't get those anymore makes me not want to trade in those cars. Uh, I have FSD in the 3. I say FSD, you can't transfer that for free. Right. And, and I certainly for a transfer fee. Right, and I certainly paid a lot less than it's going for today. So why would I want to pay more to have the same thing they already have? So, so there are some points to this article um, that I thought were worth talking about. If you can get past this stupid headline, <laughs> so yeah. what do you guys think? I, yeah, I think that they, they they still have this problem where they they uh, once they've sold the car, they're kind of like. Um, they, they they very well could entice us to actually get new cars if they didn't uh, make us want to cling to the old car while at the same time kind of putting the old car down like oh that's that's legacy you don't want this uh yeah but it does stuff that the new car doesn't can i can i get a transfer fee on this fsd uh the premium connectivity the um the charging for life okay so for my my the current car is my second tesla the charging for life they told me up front that uh, that that was going nowhere but on my model s when we bought it that that was kind of like their thing it was like hey as long as you don't buy a model s60 you get charging for life um right and it was a part of the car and it still is part of that car as long as it doesn't get traded back into tesla but mm -hmm. 
then when they only make small changes to the car or they make a bunch of changes that are really nice, but you're missing out on some of the stuff you actually use more, like every road chip I supercharge. Is it is it mm-hmm. worth, you know, like because Patrick and I both keep our cars for longer, him, him longer than me. Um, is it worth resetting early or is it worth resetting at all for what they have on offer? And the answer is typically no, but uh, we could either, either uh, if they made it enticing to keep some of what you have or if they continue to do retrofits like they used to do, like you could retrofit almost everything that was coming down the line on Model S and get it put back on there until until AP1 came out. And then when AP1 to AP2, those those couldn't retrofit. Right. And, uh, and then they started this whole no retrofits policy much later. Very rarely will they leave backport stuff. Like I can get CCS capabilities up new, but but that's about as far as it goes these days. Yeah, we, we put this question on our Twitter uh, as well, and and a, a bunch of people responded. We had over 500 respondents uh, to this uh, particular article with people chiming in mainly about FSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mainly people saying, listen, I purchased it. Uh, yes, I realize it was not uh, it, it was it was not done when I purchased it. I knew it was not done when I purchased it. I was in it for the long term, but I have no interest in trading in the car and not being able to get FSD in the other car unless I pay now fifteen thousand U.S. or nineteen thousand right. Canadian. So right. if it, I could pay one thousand or two thousand to transfer it, that would be right. something to look at. Yeah, but and, and, and of course, then there's arguments <laughs> on the other side where people are saying, "Hey, this." This research and development to actually make FSD work, it's not free. Uh, it does cost a lot of money in engineering uh, and in people's paychecks to make this happen over the number of uh, years that this yeah, is taken. That's uh, true, and, but we don't have it yet. Right, and you still don't have it. You're certainly a lot closer to the finish line today than you were mm. six years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, FSD is supposed to have been done now for the past four and a half years. So right. it's it's obviously a much larger pro- problem than Elon had expected. They've had to pour a lot more resources into getting it to where it is today, and it's still not done. Uh, so uh, it could be another year. It could be two. It could be three. Uh, but there are some people that have purchased it like, uh, like in a Model X or something uh, where you've, you've never been able to even use it. At all, yeah. not even not even the the FSD beta. So, does is a person that has gone that long mm-hmm. expected when mm-hmm. they trade in their their X for another mm-hmm. one that they now mm-hmm. have to up fifteen thousand for it today or higher maybe in the future? It's that's a big pill to swallow for people that that uh, in some cases have never been able to even use it yet. Right. Yeah, that would have been interesting if they knew it was going to take this long from the beginning. If you if they said it's transferable to a new vehicle until uh, it's done, and then we won't allow transfers after that. that would I, yeah, I think that would be fair. That would be yeah, a fair plus, thing. Plus a grace period where like, hey, it's done. You've got six months. Make up your mind. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. To say transfers stop as of such and such a date in the future after it's been finished. You, you give some grace period so people can uh, buy a new vehicle if they want to with it. Well, so I think this is part of the reason they did subscription, is that then you don't have this transfer problem. Yeah, and it's an but... ongoing cash flow for them. But but if you think about it like software, but before everything was subscription with software, you could buy a, a box 
has your CDs in there. You own that software. If you get a new computer, you don't have to go rebuy the software. You just reinstall it on your new computer because you had a license. Make sure it's off the old one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Um, and and if you had that same model with FSD, I could uh, trade it in, turn it off on my old vehicle, turn it on on my new one. And maybe like you mentioned, there's some transfer fee for that. So the Tesla is getting something out of it when you buy a new vehicle. That would make sense. Right. Especially when, when, when they, on trade-ins, they turn off FSD again so they can pay, they can sell it again. How is this not any different? Like you're going to have a thousand to two thousand for me for, um, for some sort of administration fee, which would take some intern, like no time to do, or would probably likely right. happen is you have to do it yourself in the app. So, so you'd be paying them to do the admin work. Yeah. Right. So again, a lot of people commented on this story uh, this week. Um, in fact, it's been one of our one of our most commented stories ever. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, and I would say that that the over the overwhelming majority were negative on it because of FSD. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were some people out there that said, hey, the stuff costs money to make, and you knew the story when you signed up for it. Uh, you didn't think it would take this long, but it was clearly stated that the development is going to happen and when you would get it when it was done. Uh, if you didn't, didn't get it because it's not done, that's not Tesla's fault. But uh, I don't know. There's, there's still some, you know, after Elon telling us every year on the year that it's going to be done this year, uh, I don't think they really have a leg to stand on with that because it's it's – it's now been, like I said, four plus years uh, where it was supposed to be done. And mm -hmm. uh, Patrick we are, and I we bought are... before, before it was apparent that, that, that Elon didn't know how to read a clock because <laughs> it's coming this year. And, and if, if, uh, if for some reason it doesn't work, you're going to get free upgrades. And, and, right. and then we got our free upgrades. And uh, the beta is really good, but it's not 2016 driving across the country without, uh, without paying attention to the car. It's, yeah, it's not. yeah, and and some some of those early models, some of those early X's and S's are going to require new camera kits and such mm -hmm. in order mm -hmm. to fulfill the promise of FSD on those vehicles that people had paid for up front. And right. a lot of those people are saying, "Where's my kit? Where, where is it? I'd, I'd like right. to be on the FSD beta." There's no kit, and there's no communication as to when the kit's coming yet. Like their service so, center doesn't know how to order it, or, I, I or suspect, they've done it wrong, or there's a whole bunch of different different. I certainly suspect that uh, Tesla's going. Well, let's just get to the finish line first. Like right. we don't know what hardware is going to be required for those older cars. Really, we have an idea, but we're not going to concentrate on that because it's not even done. We want yeah. to make sure it's done and it's going to be in its present form for release, and then we can worry about those older uh, cars. That, uh, that that require <laughs> that require those changes, those hardware yeah. changes. There are mm -hmm. a few people who've got them, but uh, yeah, that's that's like the legacy of the legacy before you go to the Roadster. Roadster is, is even worse than than us legacy folks as far as any sort of care and feel. Well, for the in, in fact, as, as from our first or second story, it's been handed off. It's been farmed off to to Gerber. Like that's really mm -hmm. what's happened with the original Roadster. Yeah, Gerber Tesla and two other. Uh, you know, Tesla's no problem switching tires with that car, but when it gets down into the real problems that they may have with the charging or the battery or whatever, they're they're farming it out to a group uh, that's made it their uh, their main business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's what but, we but got they, for. They, 
And I still think that if they would not treat us like that, uh, they would be get a lot more of that reciprocal action. And, and like I said, if they made it less frictionful to to swap out, other than leasing and other than doing the FSD rentals, I think that they would get more incremental sales and more word of mouth and more like, didn't you just have the other the third one? Why do you keep buying them? Because I really like them, but it looks exactly like your last two. So what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think right. it, I think that's communication, right? Like that's that's communication between Tesla and their customers as a whole. Um, if there was a clear path to what was going to happen in order for you to get that end goal or or get that promised FSD or whatever it is, people are a lot willing to to go along. They're, they'll follow the path, but when there's no path laid out for them, they don't know where the path is. Then it, you know they're they're just left to try to formulate in their head how they can you know fix this or how how long it's going to take and of course the speculation is wildly different than what the reality may be so mm -hmm. that's that can be problematic and i think tesla's starting to experience some of this stuff uh that they're you know it's coming back uh, to haunt them and uh they should get some communication involved uh with their clients to let them know a What's going, what the plan is, what is the path? And, and, you know, you're with us on the path, but here it is for you to see. So you're not left in the dark. And mm -hmm. I think that's something they could definitely improve upon. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and stop promising FSD every year, please. Just, just wait until the, uh, say we're working on it. We're working as hard as we can. We're seeing great progress, but, the, but the, don't put a date on it. How many times yeah. do you need to be wrong before you, say i don't want to keep stepping in that trap yeah right which after which after seeing him do it over and over which is why i did my own evaluation and came up with 2027 uh that's when i think it will be done as in like you can uh just take a nap in the car and it'll drive you somewhere but, but uh, that's, that's one year before your next car <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well I'll, i don't know if i'm gonna make it that far i'll probably give out by 2025 <laughs> <laughs> well with that let's wrap it up uh casey what do you got going on i know you've got that show on the weekends but uh um... yeah, show on the weekends uh 20 uh, uh over at um youtube.com at casey green at uh 110 eastern uh that's what minus five now, minus four. Either Sundays, way, right? On Sundays, yeah. Yep. And uh, it's it's similar to this, uh, a little bit broader scope, but uh, definitely still leans heavy on the Tesla, and uh, kind of gets you prepped for this show because all the stuff that happens after the show ends, and and then uh, this show gets you ready for my show because all the stuff that happens after this one ends. It's <laughs> a continual cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, I might have some some cool uh, solar news coming up, but. Uh, Awesome. Unlike Elon, I'm not going to promise that it's going to happen this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two weeks. Um, two weeks. If, if it happens, it will have happened by the time that the, the show is on, and I'll be excited to talk about it. But uh, we'll see. Very good. Very good. And Patrick, any shout-outs from you this, uh, this evening? Yes. As always, I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org, and I blog at carswithcords.net. The current story up there is about how Tesla does product development and how that's completely different from how the legacy OEMs do it. And uh, we're getting a new roof. How do you get a new roof if you have solar panels on them? That is the current adventure. And uh, I will be writing all of that up since we've had, we've had solar since 2007. So it's about time for a new roof. Wow. Okay. And, and, and you, you mentioned before that it's, 
it's it's not the roof under the solar panels it's the parts of the roof that aren't covered by solar panels under the yes issue. exactly <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah uh, this place has had um uh, it's had this roof since 2013 it's had the solar in various stages since 2015 to 2017 so i'm, okay. I'm really, uh, not too far behind you there right yep let's have a few years we'll on. have to see what patrick's goes like and well we can we can move from there from his experience i'm gonna read it but i'm gonna skip again skip back to the lesson doing the lesson learned <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing is we have a, a tesla system and a non-tesla system so i have two on the roof and so i'll be able to compare <laughs> exactly uh, okay here's how much i paid for this and here's how much i paid for that and here's how this went and here's how that went are you considering, Patrick, at all that uh, maybe the older system uh, replacing the panels with different panels, more uh, energy-intensive panels? Yes, um, we we did uh, talk to uh, about that, and um, the, the investment, it, it's not worth it. Um, I even have an oversized inverter on there. We only, that, that smaller, older system, non-Tesla one, is 4K, and I have a 6-kilowatt inverter. So, and, and the panels are more efficient now. So in the same space, I could actually uh, have uh, more output, but um, I'd get one or two more kilowatt and compared to the, uh, the rest of this, it's only gonna, it's not, it's a lot of money for a little ad. Okay. Which, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do it. One okay. thing to look at is, is used panels before, uh, before your removal date. Uh, see if there's oh. any like solar farms near you that are getting rid of like a uh, hundred watts or more difference than yours and if the price is worth it because uh, some of them still have decent warranty on them even after they've been in a solar farm for five years and they're ready to go from the 250s or the 450s to the 700s um interesting or 800s. i had not considered uh, used panels i will mm. check that out yeah just like we were talking about fsd earlier you should look at the used cars that still have fsd you might be able to get a sweet deal on it if you uh, exactly. buy it that way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, with that, we will bid you all a good night. And thank you very much for watching. Uh, please follow us on our Twitter feed, at The Tesla Life, on our Facebook, Tesla Life Numero One. And we will see you next week and find out what's happening in the Tesla Life. Yeah. Thank you, Lee Moon, for the music. Stay positive. Test negative. And let you pile the things. <laughs> <laughs>